0: ah breath of love and gratitude together so grateful to join with you now oh my yes 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 feel so passionate and excited about our joining together for our healing in this very moment Ah, so let's take that breath of love and gratitude right now and be so grateful and so thankful to consciously tune in and to tune up. So grateful and so thankful to say yes to the higher Holy Spirit Self, the mighty I am that I am. So grateful that we are consciously choosing to allow ourselves to remember our divinity and the divinity of all life. So grateful. So grateful And thankful to consciously recognize the perfection of our higher Holy Spirit self the mighty I am presence the I am that I am that is one with the I am of every being everywhere recognizing its perfection is our perfection our wholeness is already accomplished oh so grateful to recognize that this is so. So grateful to consciously love ourselves free of any belief in guilt, shame, separation. So grateful to place all these false beliefs on the holy altar fire of divine love that resides within our heart. We are grateful and thankful to choose our healing. It's happening now. We're grateful and thankful to call upon the company of heaven, the ascended masters, the archangels, the mighty Elohim, the Christ consciousness mentors, the karmic board, all that is holy. We're opening our heart and our mind to our healing, and it's happening now. We're grateful and thankful that we can set ourselves free. Grateful and thankful for choosing our healing and our
1: wholeness. So grateful to share the benefits. Okay, I think I got it
0: there, oh my goodness, uh... I've been having a lot of internet problems today, so I'm giving up on Skype, I'm going to find my headset for my phone, and let's just plug that in, (coughs) and then uh, I'm going to share another prayer here, just give me a second, All right. So let's see here. From the Seven Sacred Flames, I'm going to share first the Adoration to Your God Presence prayer, which is on page 232. Beloved great presence I am, thou life that beats my heart, blaze now thy radiant love rays. Let me be an anchor of love for all. Flood me with thy glory and let my heart be always with you. My beloved God Presence I Am, I invoke Thy great obedience. Infuse my mind and heart with Thy love. Expand and raise my consciousness to Ascended Master's octave of light. With all Your love, with all Your love, merge with me more and more each day until I become Thyself in manifestation. I am, I am adoring thee. I am, I am adoring thee. I am, I am adoring thee. In deep gratitude, I offer my love to thee. In deep gratitude, I offer my love to thee. Love me, love me, love me, love me, love me, love me. Beloved, I am, beloved, I am, beloved, I am. Mm. And the prayer for divine love, in the name of my beloved I am presence, I call the power of divine love to be magnified within my heart and world daily. I am love, joyous love, radiating love, unconditional love. God consumes my shadows, transmuting them into love. This day, I am a focus of divine love. They can never be requalified by fear, anger, hatred, dislikes, and greed. All negative thoughts and feelings are now dissolved and consumed by the power of divine love, which I am. I am, I am, I am love. I live in the consciousness of love. I am love in its fullest expression, blessing all mankind with divine love. I radiate love. I am love in action. Blessing, uplifting, and healing all on earth. And so it is. Beloved I am. Beloved I am. Beloved I am. Yes. Well, I, it's interesting, today I had my radio show and my topic was unfairness and uh in a nutshell i was teaching <coughs> on the um piece in chapter 26 just find it here real fast uh that talks about uh the end of injustice it's chapter 26 section 10 and paragraph four, it says, Beware of the temptation to perceive yourself unfairly treated. In this view, you seek to find an innocence that is not theirs, but yours alone, and at the cost of someone else's guilt. And as I shared a little bit in the radio show today, Stuart woke me up in the middle of the night from a dream that completely related to this. was such a beautiful teaching and healing all at once and I I got to share it with you so it's a very personal dream it's actually two dreams that merge together as they often do and in the dream I was in a sense back being about age mm, 11 11 years old, something like that. And uh, when I was nine, my family moved to Rhode Island from Michigan. And my next door neighbor was a boy named Philip. And um, he was instantly in love with me and smitten with me, had a crush on me. And um, which I I haven't seen him in many years, but the last time I saw him, he, he was going strong with that crush. <laughs> and um, he, when we were... uh oh, just got a text. I think maybe that's an old text, though. So. I'm going to just unmute everyone here so you can all be unmuted. And... Um, Maybe that'll help us out here.
1: So everyone's now unmuted. You can self-mute. If I can hear you, you can hear me probably. <coughs> so... When I was... 9 10 11 12 years old
0: and <clears throat> Philip had this crush on me it was that time when uh for he was the same age as me our our sexuality was coming on strong and um what i remember from that time is there was lots of grabbing I I had breasts at a very early age and everybody just wanted to touch them. Everybody just felt, oh yeah, let's just grab our breasts, you know, and so it was a constant thing that happened to me uh, every day at school and just all over the place. And um, uh, there were just lots of situations where uh, boys were rubbing up against me and, you know, with erections or just whatever all kinds of stuff going on I'm sure it's pretty familiar to everybody and because I developed so early I think I was a a greater target for it and because I developed so early it was more disorienting to me because it started when I was nine ten years old and um, the older boys were attracted to me and um, I didn't even before I had you know any real noticeable sexual feelings older boys were coming towards me and it was just it was a bit freaky to me and I wasn't really prepared for it and what it was happening in the dream that was that I was back in a situation with Philip where he was um aroused and trying to touch me and engage with me sexually and I wasn't interested and at the same time, I had some inner conflict because I felt hormonal responses. At the same time, I really didn't appreciate his crude, kind of grabby, um, boyish, uh, manner. It, uh, it just turned me off and made me feel defensive. That's the main word here, defensive and then that morphed into a dream where uh, my brother who was, who was three and a half years younger than me was pestering me and bothering me and he was uh, making sounds and noises and words I don't really remember what that were uh, bothersome irritating frustrating to me Maybe he was throwing things at me from inside my parents' house. I was outside in the yard. And then somehow I managed to get from him this bag of chocolate candies that he was throwing at me. And I threw them all into the um, the bushes. And then he was really upset with me for having done that. And he moved into a place where he was now, he was feeling hurt. So he went from being the aggressor, the attacker I'm defending myself um, by uh, telling him to stop asking him to stop pleading with him to stop and then grabbing the candies and throwing them all into the the bushes and then he's upset and crying now he's the one who's been attacked or so he feels and it was then that I woke up uh, from these two dreams and I, I I don't really have distressing dreams I haven't had any in a long time and I woke up from this pair of dreams which my immediate realization was it's it's not happening now. And I was so grateful. It was just like when Ebenezer Scrooge wakes up on Christmas morning and he realizes it's not real. It's not real. And in my... Coming to consciousness, out of the dream, I had that same realization. These experiences, which in essence did happen to me many times with both Phil and my brother, they weren't real. They weren't real. I knew they weren't real. And I had so much gratitude. I can't even begin to express to you how much gratitude. The gratitude was thrilling. I was so grateful that I knew it wasn't real and that even my past experiences I knew weren't real and that Phil was innocent. I am innocent. My brother is innocent. We are all innocent. That none of this is real. We are all innocent and that all that sense of defense and attack and unfairness that I felt in the dream like why is this happening to me it's not fair that return to innocence happened the very second that I woke up and it was such a dramatic realization for me of ah this is awakening this is ascension it's instantaneous realization Of what is real and the innocence is real and in that moment I had so much compassion for our experience I saw it so clearly for what it was which is a teaching tool and a release of karma and my gratitude was so great it really was like Ebenezer on Christmas morning oh my gosh That's not real. I can start again today, in this moment now, with gratitude, with compassion, with innocence. And that's the power of a Christmas carol and as we're coming into the holiday season again and they'll be playing that movie there's lots of great versions of it but my all-time favorite that i just think cannot be beat <laughs> is the one the old one with alistair sims the old black and white one with alistair sims he his portrayal of ebenezer scrooge is just to me nobody does it better and uh His joy on Christmas morning is so palpable, and I think that the reason why it's so palpable in that movie is he really captures Dickens and the essence of Dickens, which is Dickens so tuned in to the I Am presence in his story, so tuned in to this whole... um, this it, repeated epic tales of innocence <laughs> and um, seeming attack and defense and he really, uh Sims really captures that moment in his performance of feeling the joy of the innocent. And I I thought I would bring all this up with you uh, today in part because of our recent conversations about sexuality and pursuing pleasure. Because many of us have had so many guilty, shameful experiences in the pursuit of pleasure or feeling addictive, compulsive tendencies, temptations, where Even we were hurting ourselves and we couldn't stop. We knew it. We didn't want to stop. We wanted to go all the way to the end and to completion. And feeling that there's something sick or wrong with us for that. And so often this gets triggered in sexuality because the ego really can get so titillated by this idea of it's bad, it's wrong. And so I, I want to do it. I want to get away with it. Or it turns me on because it's dirty, it's bad, it's wrong. And so often we have found ourselves engaging in things that affirm that badness and wrongness and liking it and then later feeling ashamed or sickened by ourselves. And it keeps us in that cycle of pleasure, pain, shame, punishment, guilt, and cycling around and around and around it. And because it can be so seemingly pleasurable to the ego, the temptation to keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it can be so strong and it can be very addictive and very compulsive as we all know we see it if we don't see it in ourselves we see it in other people we see it in um circumstances in the news on television and magazines and things like that and the way to heal anything is to apply love apply compassion have no judgment total forgiveness and Mm -hmm. to interrupt the pattern to interrupt the pattern so it feels so valuable to talk about this since many people don't really talk about it in spiritual circles because it seems unspiritual to even admit, oh my gosh, I've had these feelings, like the feelings I had in the dream, which were the feelings that I had when I was that teenager or, you know, even in later years where I was repulsed by my own sexual attraction because it felt bad and dirty and wrong and yet I was turned
1: on and what to do or feeling ashamed for acting on it having no impulse control or doing something that I knew I would feel bad about as though I
0: intentionally was doing something so that I would feel bad about
1: myself so I'm going to pause there and see if anybody has anything that they'd like to ask or share about this.
0: Again, we're all unmuted, so if you don't wish to be
1: unmuted, you can self-mute. on your keypad. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please do.
2: Well, (laughs) I'm having a hard time speaking. (sighs) um, Because I am, because I want to release this, I think, I understand it so much better now. uh I'll tell you well what happened when i was when I was young in my family i I didn't get much affection from anybody, <laughs> and I see back now did um I used to do things with boys because it was the only time they seemed to I seemed to get that mm-hmm. it's really hard to speak of it so I really under, I really feel for that for myself and mm-hmm. I, I really get where I was you know but I still think there's some residual Guilt or feeling that I am bad or something around that. And um, so when you spoke, when you're speaking, this came to my mind immediately. And I'm like,
3: <laughs> I
2: was resisting even speaking of it, but I know. Something told me that it would really be healing to release that in words. It wouldn't be a secret anymore, you know, because it's not something I really talk about.
1: Well, I think we can all understand that. Yeah, we can all understand all of it.
2: Mhm, I mean, I know i I really know um, I spoke uh, that's another hard one but um, I spoke in a community call about my herpes that I go, I know why I mean. Who knows, but the one reason why at least I feel like I got that is because I continued this pattern of behavior long after I was at home, I left my house. I still was not getting, I didn't know how to express affection, so how, I didn't know how to receive it any other way, right? So I continued it for years after I left home and i I see now that uh it, it the suffering that came along with it, it was gone I think that was my choice, but um that I got the herpes because once I got it, I had to change my pattern of behavior because i was i i I wouldn't do that to someone else someone to me who I I have no idea. I wasn't my, I guess it was my choice. But in in my physical, in my seeming, it wasn't my seeming choice in in my... in this world, right? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And, um... So I see now that it's because... (sighs) Oh, my gosh. To... You know, I did. I guess I, you know, I don't know how to put it in words, but it kind of chose it for myself. I did it to myself in a way, to, to help me, you know. And and I, it's coming to my mind that that's a lot of things we seem to suffer at. That's what is happening. A lot in our lives. So I don't know. I just uh, I just ha- had something told me I need to speak that, and so I'm practicing.
3: <sighs>
2: Always, you know, doing that whatever that voice tells me to.
1: Yeah, and you know, Carla, I think that, or I feel that. What what age are you talking about when you were
0: in that experimentation?
2: Well, it kind of morphed. It, <laughs> this is really this is something I've never told anybody. I don't think, but. Because when I went to school in first grade, I got so, I didn't get a lot of attention from my parents, but at least there's only four kids, right? So when I went to school, there's like, you know, a bunch of people. And so I felt even smaller, I think, you know? And so I I started in first grade where I, I would get, I could get attention from boys by, lifting my dress up and that kind of a kind of went kind of was an off and on thing because I didn't like it but then I do it because and exactly what you're speaking of. I I I, because I was so I don't know needy isn't the word but you know just trying to get some comfort somehow you know so it probably progressed, you know, God, I lost my virginity when I was like 11, 10 or 11, you know, because of that same thing. So that continued on till I was like before my mid-20s. And
1: what if
0: all of that is an exploration?
2: Well, it didn't feel like it most times now, because it, I, even while, because like you spoke, even while I did it, I didn't really want to do it. You know? But, um, that's the only way that I knew. I mean, that was, that was a guarantee. God, that was, for boys where I was raised and stuff and even and man, I mean, a lot of people, sex is really powerful, you know? And mm-hmm. um and um I knew it was a guaranteed way. And there's the only way I knew because I learned it so young.
4: Five, mm-hmm.
2: six. You know. Mhm. It just I don't know, I mean I hear you. That's an exploration. Uh, maybe I'm not being... Maybe I'm being too hard on myself by not even uh, accepting what you're saying and, and accepting it for myself. But... Um, um, I mean, it may have been moments that... I think the majority, the majority of it didn't feel that way. And so I think that overpowered what any sort of experimentation was. Because cause those boys were n- never my age. They were always older. When I lost my virginity, it was to a 23-year-old. I was 10. <laughs> you know? uh, it, it just it wasn't experimentation with other boys my age. It wasn't like that at all.
1: Right, I understand. And still, there's a sense
0: that I have as you're talking about it that it may not have been a
1: happy joyful exploration, but still an exploration of Your effect. Yeah, so it was an
2: exploration of how to get comfort. I guess if that's what uh-huh. you mean. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I can totally accept that. I mean, mm-hmm. and connection. Mhm. Yeah.
0: And if, if if there's no judgment of it, if there's
1: no thought that it's anything other than the exploration of an innocent, or more than one innocent.
2: Wow, because that, that means that they were innocent as well, is what I'm hearing you say, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, um, I'm going to have to work on that one. I mean, I
3: think I have,
2: I don't feel as angry or resentful. I don't feel that at all anymore. Well, not at all. I feel very little of it because it's mostly sad, you know. It's mostly sad that that's that's what had to happen for me to get where I am because i i'm i don't I don't want to i'm not interested in I'm not wishing it wouldn't have happened because I like me now yeah and, and if that hadn't happened. I wouldn't be exactly the same as I am now in in some ways. And I like it. I'm fine with that, the way I've come. It's like so, I don't regret the way I used to at all. There's probably still residual there, but it's getting smaller.
1: Well, and I, 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 my sense is, for all of us, some of
0: the most challenging opinions and judgments to let go of are the
1: ones that cause feelings of being hurt and sad. Mm. That those are some of the most sticky opinions and judgments that we hang on to. I shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. And -hmm. feeling like there was some
0: sacrifice that was made. That there was some other path
1: we could have gone on and we were robbed or gypped or waylaid or betrayed is there
2: a flame a specific i'm i'm sure that the emerald flame and maybe even the a resurrection flame or the violet flame is there come to you and um what would be helpful with that
1: for the sadness
2: Wow, it's quite a different flame for different things. <laughs> uh, um, I guess I feel so different than I used to feel. I used to be I didn't like my, I really hated myself and how I behaved. And now I'm, I don't, you know, but I know there is some residual something there. I wouldn't have been prompted to speak about it and I wouldn't have have been hesitant to want to do that. I wouldn't have tears streaming down my face as I do. I mean, there's something there. I'm not sure what it is. It's sadness mostly. Yeah, maybe.
1: Let's see if anybody else would like to contribute to this conversation. Can anybody else share on this? I can relate to it also. Yeah? Uh,
5: I was probably 12, and I was an early developer also, and... Spent the night at a friend's house and went to the movies with her and her brother and got attention from him and um, ended up making out with him at the movie. And still to this day, I feel a little bit of guilt about that and a little bit of sadness that I felt so powerless and unlovable in my life at that time that that was the way that i filled that void and then realized the power in that and the manipulation that you could have with that i i can relate
1: to that Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, Linda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Emily. I think that that really hearing you speak about the power, I think that makes me under helps me to understand my own experience because. I probably did feel powerless
3: mm-hmm. in many
2: ways, Hello, and so this that story. was, oh.
1: and maybe some of the sadness is more
5: compassion for that child that was going through that at that
1: time, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, thank you for sharing that about the power. I think that's a very important ingredient. You're welcome. Was someone else going to share something?
1: I, I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't somebody who was going to share, but I will share
6: something if if that person yeah. hasn't spoken up. Um, I had an entirely different experience in that. So somehow I feel like I was protected by the Catholic church because everything was a sin and I was a good little girl who went to church all the time. And, While I may have developed early, I didn't get the attention other people did. But then I married a guy and married him because he had been sexually active and I didn't have to know any. So I married him, which had to be karmic and whatever. And there was a how to show love. I mean, it just just didn't. So when I I broke up with him, and then I, I, I say this that. I got into spirituality because a priest wouldn't let me date. And so I uh, so that you know, I was interested in men and in my lifetime is when the pill came into me. so now I was divorced and not afraid of pregnancy. And um and the, oh, in the questionnaires at hospital we had the, survey or whatever. And guys, you know, the partners you had, I lied, you know, because, but everybody, I almost, I would say, I was looking for love. I had, and I sort of felt like I fell in love. And the one guy that I was mostly in love with, and he didn't, he just, like sex, he told me that he would tell women almost immediately that he loved them because then they would have sex with him he knew that if he did that and i i truly i really felt like i was in love with him and never told him but i know that you know that i did stuff really because i was searching for affection and caring and uh, and that love so i i could feel it. Carly was saying, but, you know, different and later on, I was, you know, I should have been older and wiser and all this stuff, but I still was searching for somebody just to love me, and, um, you know, around, whatever, and, um, think I have a you know healthier relationship now it was it was it's a, but it was that that I felt like I wanted to um, speak to was just then for love to be loved yeah. you know to be cared for to somebody to just to pet you I mean I can first guy that I ever was interested in after and was talking about my marriage, and he said to me, he says, don't you know that men are supposed to love their wives and take care of them? And I go, huh? You know, I got married. I'm Catholic. I have to stay in this. He says, you're entitled to love? And I thought, oh, my gosh. So my marriage didn't break up. It blew up because I never, I thought, it eh, yes. I thought it was I saved his soul so that he would lose his soul, <laughs> oh my God, the things we do or did get ourselves
1: into. Mm-hmm. you um
0: I don't know if it's just me, but I'm I'm hearing it But I, I just I think i just just oh echo. Uh you just you were breaking up some and some distortion. It was just
1: becoming more difficult to understand you towards the end there. Uh, I, I can because I just messed up. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to
0: understand you at this point. But I I will say I feel like we heard most of what you've shared, Chris.
1: And
0: gets the core of Chris, there's a lot of distortion in what you're sharing. I don't know if you can hear me, but um we can't really make out what you're saying. But I think we heard most of it. And you can
1: see how we all have our different and completely unique experiences. And the way we make the meaning of things, our interpretation of things, determines our choices and the affirmation of our beliefs. And from where we all stand now,
0: the thing that brings our healing is the willingness to say, I made the choices that I made in order to learn from the experiences I chose. There may have been an easier path, but that's not the one I chose. And so the choices that I've made, I'd like to fully harvest the learning from them and not repeat them either mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, or in any way whatsoever. And we can, each and every one of us, at any moment in time, demand from our I Am Presence, from our Higher Self, the full understanding of the situation, and we can also bring forth from the higher self whatever is the
1: thought, the prayer, the willingness that will bring resolution
0: and healing and bring us back into our right
1: mind, each and every one of us.
2: that is interesting I've heard you say something similar before about demand from our higher Holy Spirit and wow I have a a huge reaction to that word demand because I think I feel like I feel well feeling like is a thought that like I Well, I guess this is a thought, this is a thought that I don't deserve that. That's, to demand that, uh, it's hard for me.
1: And why do
3: you think it's hard?
2: I guess I don't feel worthy. I think that's, um, maybe that's why I'm so diligent and is, you know, uh, maybe I'm trying to avoid affect my organism and I guess that's the ego in my work. Huh?
0: I I just want to mention something here that Nancy I unmuted I you, unmuted you earlier. So, um if you would like to unmute yourself, uh you can do that with a um star 7 or raise your hand just so you know, Nancy. Um you know, sometimes I think it's really worth exploring, uh, about whether or not we are not asking because we don't feel worthy, uh, and, or we feel we're afraid of being disappointed, so we don't want to ask and then be disappointed. And sometimes I have definitely felt in myself, more often than not, that I didn't want to change. I wanted to stay identified
1: with the ego and stay exactly where I was. Being the God of my world, trying to control, manage and manipulate things and not having to choose love or patience or kindness or compassion. preferring to struggle and try and figure it out on my own. And it does go back to
0: that unconscious guilt that A Course in Miracles talks about and to fearing God that A Course in Miracles talks about. And of
1: course, unworthiness. All these kinds of things go into play.
5: So demanding
1: is more like surrendering it over to God then?
0: Well, it's here's the thing. We are God. We are God. We are our mighty I am presence. And so demanding to know what will heal the pattern, what will heal the situation and circumstance, what is the healing that's in our mind, And and taking a stand for saying, hey, there's no, I do not have to choose feeling sad or distressed or hopeless or helpless because of outer conditions. I have direct access to the divine mind and
1: the ultimate source of all wisdom. If we're really willing to heal our lives, we can
0: say, "Okay, wh- what's going to work here?" Instead of fumbling around, and you 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 can see how we all feel so attached
1: to managing
0: and coping with limitation.
1: Mm-hmm. It's really a strong attachment. Because, go
4: ahead. We're so used to and attached to really thinking all alone. God's got nothing to do with me. God's a higher power that if I'm lucky, I will one day deserve to get help from. Makes me, reminds me of my demand of God to, you know, you better bloody help me get my mother's ashes scattering, you know, when I actually right, right. Oh. Mm.
1: So the key to our awakening
0: is the willingness to connect with the higher self and to recognize this is our true identity. And to pour out a love for our God self.
3: Because love
0: of God, love of our God self,
1: is love of ourselves. So,
0: one of the tools that we have is blessing. And in the seven sacred flames, In the chapter on the seventh ray, page 214, Adama says, The activity of blessing is a form of transmutation. It's a seventh ray activity. As you start blessing, all that manifests as less than divine perfection in your lives, you are transforming or transmuting. Nancy, I can hear you breathing. If you wouldn't mind self-muting.
1: Thank you, darling. As you
0: start blessing all that manifests as less than divine perfection in your lives, you are transforming or transmuting situations that appear to be negative into something far more positive. You create the divine solution and the win-win situation for everyone manifests. This is what transmutation does. It creates a transformation that makes everyone a a winner. So this is what we do with Ho'oponopono.
1: This is what we do with compassion. This is what we do with forgiveness. Adama says here
0: talking about uh problems in relationships any kind of relationship Adama says first of all you have to be detached from the outcome right no attachment to the outcome if you start out wanting to make changes or desiring a specific outcome you will most likely miss the boat This is why it is always wiser to ask for the perfect divine solution. If you desire to be specific about the outcome you wish to create, it is important that you allow the space for a different outcome by adding to your prayer or intention this or something better according to divine will. Your higher self sees and knows the bigger picture that is veiled from you let's say a marriage situation appears to be ending at the time you say oh my gosh I prayed and I invoked so much violet flame into that situation I did all I could to be loving compassionate and to bring resolution with love and forgiveness and now it seems I have a more challenging situation now contemplate this ask yourself if the ending of a marriage was a failure or a spiritual victory I say that if you have done your very best, and the situation does not end the way you hoped for, perhaps it was a karmic relationship that had reached completion. Perhaps your higher self is now ready to open your life to something much more appropriate for your pathway and for your happiness. The marriage breakup in that case was certainly a spiritual success, not a failure, because of the fine quality of inner work that was done. The right to move on to something more fulfilling is earned. The feeling of the loss or sense of failure is but a temporary human illusion. Two years later, you find yourself in a wondrous new relationship where you are so much happier and where there is so much more affinity and harmony. Will you remember at the time the pool of violet fire you previously invoked that created this new avenue in your life? there are times when karmic situations are resolved and it's time to move on this is the way your prayers are answered you are now free to experience something better versus staying in a relationship that has reached completion at this time it's important to let go of situations that no longer serve you the divine solution may not always at first appear to be what you want but whatever is created will always be for your spiritual advancement and will always bring the best result the violet flame is also known as the miracle worker when you bless the person you have a problem with a spouse or a neighbor or your boss or someone in your work environment or a relative visualize her or him Bathing in the love vibration of the violet flame. Acknowledge the right of that person to become free of his or her own burdens and awaken to their full potential. Do this with compassion and forgiveness. Also use the flame of diplomacy in all your interactions with others. This is part of the seventh ray activity. If you start using the seventh ray with its many attributes, and have no personal agenda other than wanting the best outcome of the divine will, you will be amazed at the miracles that can manifest in your own lives and in the lives of others around you. This is how peace on earth will be
1: created. So, thinking of the specific relationship
0: situations or interactions, sexual interactions, we've been talking about here being able to invoke the violet flame into our memory, into that person's life, even though we may have no idea what's happening with them now. They may not even be walking around on this earth. We can still invoke that violet flame of transmutation, forgiveness, freedom, divine alchemy and transformation, liberation. For all, because if we think that someone did something to us or took something from us and that they should be punished for it, because there's only one, we will feel that we must be punished too. It has to be. Do unto others as you would have done unto you, because what you wish unto others will
1: be done unto you. There's no way around that. Did someone else wish to share? Nancy, did you wish to share? Um, I have too much to share, but I'm
6: listening very carefully with um, much gratitude to what you're saying. It's so uh, right on point. Thank you. Mm. Seriously, thank you very much.
1: Yeah.
0: I just don't know anyone who's doing this work that doesn't go through periods of time in relationship or in physical healing or both where it's not really, really challenging.
1: And it is the pressure that reveals the diamond in our heart. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And of course, the more we think something should
0: be different, the more painful our experience of it will be. And the more prolonged.
1: Keep going. <laughs> keep going.
6: Yeah, it's the uh true know what
1: anything for, yeah.
6: Very true. Just keep teaching. <laughs> I
1: needed to hear all this. mm. Yeah. you know at any time when it seems
0: like we've made a mistake we can call upon the violet flame true forgiveness and that's what's going to quickly and completely heal it so one of the exercises in uh, Patricia Cotto Robles book on the Violet Flame is about breathing our errors, our transgressions, our debts into our heart, into the Violet Flame in our heart to be transmuted and then breathing out the Violet Flame. And I love that meditation because it's an opportunity to really take responsibility for the choices that I've made and to be a healing presence on this planet. And one of the most powerful tools that I've learned is when I feel that someone else ought to be punished, that they have done something wrong or bad, and I don't like it, and I'd like to hold them accountable, for me to relax my mind and surrender it and say, let the forgiveness completely dissolve and resolve any sense of karma now then I'm I'm standing in the awareness that I'm one with this person they haven't done
1: anything to me because for many of us without the impetus
0: of what seems like a tragedy, a wound, some burden, we just wouldn't bother to deepen our spiritual practice. We just keep coasting and studying spirituality without ever applying it. But when it's gut wrenching, when it feels excruciating, then we have enough motivation
1: to do something. So is that pain that's pushing us uh gift or is it a curse in my life it's been a gift
0: but i i don't have to choose that way of healing anymore and this is why i'm so grateful to have been led
1: to the teachings of a course of miracles true forgiveness and the violet flame And it's a definite mind shift to see the total innocence.
0: You know, because that boy, Philip,
1: he was part of a group of boys that attacked and molested me. And when I woke in the middle of the night from that dream,
0: my joy was so complete in knowing his innocence. I I cannot describe to you how grateful I
1: was to know of our innocence so clearly. To know that nothing real could ever be threatened. And our innocence is real. And all it takes is my willingness to let go of making any meaning of it. And
0: the great thing is, is I don't even have to know how to let go of the meaning of it. I just have to be willing. What I also can say, unequivocally, is the willingness to commune and connect with our God self and to love our God self even when it doesn't make any sense and it doesn't feel real to do it anyway and you can even almost think of the ways that the Holy Spirit teaches us this that you know it's like oh you go to your Aunt Ethel and your Uncle Fred's house and you, you don't really like them you don't really want to go there but you know they're family and so you want to put in a parent because family is important and you know that's what you do. You go anyway and you do it. And you sit there and you go, yeah, these are delicious, these potatoes. And yes, let me have some more of that green bean mushroom soup casserole, please. And, um, yes, yeah, so let's all sit around and listen to Fred fart after dinner and fall asleep. And, you know, Ethel's going to drink too much or whatever. And we do it out of a sense of obligation or whatever, but we're there because our intention really is, in some way, to be in the flow of love, even though it seems like that flow of love is just a little drip, drip, drip at Fred and Ethel's house, you know. But And that's how it can feel sometimes when we partner up with our higher Holy Spirit self, like it's totally an act, it's not even real, but that doesn't
1: matter our willingness is all that is required for miraculous healing our willingness is all
0: that's required to experience true forgiveness and true abundance and true wholeness and true joy Our willingness is all that's required because it's about relationship. It's always about relationship. It's never about the doing. It's about the relating. And so our salvation is in our relationship with our higher Holy Spirit self because our relationship with our higher Holy Spirit self, the mighty I Am Presence, is the relationship that we have with every other human being that we ever encounter in any lifetime. And many of us are really resistant to have any kind of authentic connection for whatever reason. Guilt, unworthiness, fear.
1: That's why our willingness is all. And here Adama is telling us in the Seven Sacred Flames,
0: blessing is an act of transmutation
1: so when we're doing the Ho'oponopono, that's a seventh ray activity. That's why it was, it was shown to me. And it was so clear to me. Oh, this is A Course in Miracles in just a few lines. And placing that demand on the higher self, I am
0: demanding the clarity. I'm demanding the connection. I'm demanding to know. It's really powerful because we have spent so many lifetimes refusing that connection, refusing to know, to understand, to feel, to hear, to see. Moving into that space of, yes, now I'm profoundly interested. Teach me, show me. And the energy of that is so powerful. And I understand that there is, the ego is terrified. Whoa, be careful what you ask for. What? Next thing you know, you might be wearing an orange cloth and dancing with the Hare Krishna people
1: you don't know. Next thing you know, you might be walking with the Aborigines
0: in the Outback without any moisturizer or sunscreen. You
1: don't know. Be careful. You'll never find out what happens on your TV show if that happens. I'm going to mention here, I'm, I'm preparing,
0: I've been working on a extensive questionnaire. I'm going to ask everyone to please fill out for me to help me better understand your experience in class and what you like and what you uh, don't like, what you'd like more of or less of. Uh, even even if you're not interested in continuing just over the last um, couple of years that you've been in the class with me, that will be really, really helpful to me. And one of the things that I am working on for next year is I'm I'm going to be teaching a bit differently, and so I'm figuring that out now. I'm listening to my guidance. And one of the things that I'm going to be putting forward is for people who are really interested in awakening, the path of awakening, and having a specific track for that. Because I recognize that not everybody is interested in that. Some people are like, ah, I'm not so interested in the mystical. I'm more interested in the practical. And for me, I like both. So uh, I'm interested in having a track that's more of the um, teachings of the masters and St. Germain and having one that's more courts and miracles, teachings of Jesus. So being able to offer them individually in some way so that people can opt out of that which they're not interested in. So I just ask that when you receive that, Questionnaire that you please take take the time to help me and and fill it out. All right. Well, we. Hmm.
5: I said gladly. Yeah. Oh, thank you.
0: All right. Well, we are at time here. Did anybody who wished
1: to share? uh that didn't get a chance to share, I'd like to say anything before we close out.
4: Um I just wanted to say very quickly, um <clears throat> Jennifer, and you know, to those who shared, Carla and Linda, this is Moira. Um sure whether to share because I couldn't but um, you know sexual fantasies you know that I've had like consistently over the years are fortunately declining but you know some of these things you know can lead to shame or the frequency you know of sexual thoughts and you know behavior You know, has been a concern for me over, you know, at sometimes, and um, as my beautiful friend Linda said to me, reminded me, what we resist persists, and there's no sense in rejecting a part of ourselves. You know, it's there for a purpose, even though we, I don't know it, and Mm -hmm. uh, just allow and accept it, and. you know, my astrologer said exactly the same advice, you know, 12 years ago when I was um, smoking too much dope at a period in my life. Just do it with consciousness and awareness and love it and accept it, and that will help me deal with it rather than. Yes. It. And so I just wanted to say thank you to Carla and Linda for, you know, being naked.
1: Yes. So to speak
4: yeah I didn't mean that literally actually (laughs) sorry I couldn't
1: resist yeah I was thinking Mm.
0: yep this is a, a precious community it's so healing to be able to share what in the past or even still today might feel shameful it's like when I was woke up in the middle of the night with this dream i was excited to share it uh because it was such a clear um teaching in preparation for the class today in preparation for the radio show today and there i paused and i thought well do i really want to talk about feeling both repulsed by philip's sexual advances at the same time um um turned on by them well that's it's perfectly normal and so yeah why wouldn't I wanna talk about it it's perfectly normal it's so common for especially for children to be both repulsed and turned on at the same time it's one of the biggest issues for um, children who are sexually abused is they feel so guilty and ashamed that they enjoyed the attention and the
1: sexuality and all of that they didn't understand at the time you know what it all meant so exposing these thoughts to the light and recognizing
0: no matter what happened, we're still innocent.
1: Thank you, Moira. And thank you, Linda and Carla, Nancy, Chris, and everyone listening, holding the sacred space.
0: So let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. So grateful and so thankful that we can release the shame to the light of love in our heart, in our mind. So grateful and so thankful to consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit Self, the mighty I Am Presence, surrendering all blame and shame the light of our being invoking the violent flame into every nook and cranny of every fear doubt worry judgment opinion blame and shame every regret and every resentment allowing ourselves to reclaim our innocence and to know the innocence of our brothers and sisters that we are one in the light and that every choice that we make in some way, it serves the light of our being and we're willing to know this and to affirm it. So grateful and so thankful to share the benefits with everyone, to share the healing light of love in our heart with everyone. In grace and gratitude, we joyfully let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen and I'm going to play a song Uh, and it's the same one I played yesterday in the Masterful Living Year One I think next year I might uh play different songs in different classes but for this year I've been experimenting with the same ones. This is a long song and it's by Nikki uh, Nikki Harris' artist N-I-K-K-I Harris H-A-R-R-I-S and she does this Um, medley if you will of two songs there's one song which is uh, You're the Best Thing Uh, she she, uh, changed alert to God's the Best Thing and then she goes into the song Lord Don't Move the Mountain and uh, I love the combination of the two of them I love the two songs, I love Nikki Harris and um, I love you (laughs) so here we go enjoy